when you listen to Making a Difference, you're listening to independent black media. And we need your support now more than ever. When it comes to Making a Difference, there are a lot of different ways that you can show love to what we're doing here. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook, it's facebook.com backslash making, M-A-K-I-N, a different show. On Twitter, the handle is difference making, M-A-K-I-N. You can also support us financially through both Cash App and Patreon. Patreon, it's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash making a difference show. You can also support us on Cash App at dollar sign making a different show. Thank you in advance for your support, and I love you so much. Peace. Um, to be a Negro, to be a Negro in this country, and to be um, relatively conscious, is to be in a state of rage, almost, almost all of the time. You wonder why I spit the truth, but not to make no dough. To make a difference. Welcome to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. Got a very exciting podcast for you coming up. I Look, I'm on social media a lot like everybody. And I'm a 2001 graduate of Aiken High School. I think that's a very important point of perspective here. Uh, there's a young man who uh, had been coaching Aiken High football over the last four years. I've been very impressed with his commitment to the community, his commitment to to people, to include the students, not just the students, but really just, you know, parents, you know, enthusiasts of Aiken High athletics in general. And so when I heard about uh, this young man's situation and not only that, but just the response of the community um, to, you know, some of the unfortunate events that have happened over at Aiken, I really just wanted to sit down and have a conversation about program building, about fundraising, about what it really looks like to have an impact on the lives of, of people, you know, in the community and, really just laid that out in a way that is is dignified and really just, you know, paints a, a true picture of what's going on. Look, from a uh, from a first-person perspective, and so I have on the podcast with me today, uh, One Page, how you doing, my brother? I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm blessed. God woke me up this morning, so can't complain. I'm blessed, though. For sure. want to jump right into the conversation. Now, I read an article uh, with the Post and Couriers, basically the former Aiken standardist, you know, the Aiken coverage area and there was a, a statistic that really got my attention actually it was it was a direct quote from you when you took the job i want to say that was 2017 or 2018 2018 2018 there were less than 500 dollars um, in the program and over a, a period of time you were able to raise that number to nineteen thousand dollars. First of all the level of fundraising that it that it takes or that it took for you to to build this program basically from the ground up. Kind of take us through that process and what that looks like. Well, first off, I definitely have to give thanks and the hard, willing commitment from my family, my godmother, my wife, Crystal Page. Um, like, it took my sister, my mom, cousins, aunties, uncles, everyone that was that's that's Aiken High alumni's themselves to sit down and we all came up with, you know, ideas and then including some of the parents, uh, players, parents and mothers and fathers who also 
helped and joined in on, hey, you know, we'll 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 take a shift or we'll do this and we'll do that of donating things and stuff like that. But also, like I said, it was just fundraising ideas and what would be best for us and what would what we feel like is more efficient that'll make more money and not waste so much time, like put so much time and stuff and not being efficient with money. So we found many, um, I, we sat down and had many ideas, but we also narrowed it down to the most efficient fundraiser that we can keep doing year in and year out. That's going to keep raising money and keeping the money flowing. That's a really good perspective. And of course we want to shout out the Aiken high family and look and your blood can family in that, in that same way for their support of the program. Mm -hmm. With that said, you're not, I mean, you are a fundraiser in some ways, but you're primarily a football coach. How much of a challenge was it to have to fundraise and be a football coach? Without the district, you know, the district doesn't give us money. They gave us money one time, but that was just one time trying to fundraise and sit down. That's why I had to give credit to my family and, and other parents willing to be like, hey, I want to be a part of this too. I want to help you too, coach, or whatever. What can I do on my end? So it did help take a little load off me or whatever because at the end of the day, they still, I mean, sitting down, they still have to run it by me and be like, hey, what you think about this? But it did take up time. So, I, so example, if we had homecoming for that, um, if we had a homecoming, I would have to take off work to run, like I said, a homecoming event that raised a lot of money for the program and, the, and, and my players for them to have things. So, you know, throughout that day, I'm worrying about what the fundraiser doing, how we setting up. And we, we did, it was a whole homecoming tailgate that we did to, you know, recognize all the class coming back. And a lot of people was coming back. A lot of, we had classes down all the way to like ninth who graduated in 1975 and things like that or whatever. So, they was coming down and stuff like that back to celebrate with us. So that whole day was from 12 to all the way up to about five with me and my family. That was us doing it. You know, nobody else inside the school, nobody else from the district. None, none of that was helping to make that happen. But my family stepped up to make sure it happened. So that took some time away from, hey, making sure the guys got this. But I had coaches who made sure, hey, let me make sure these guys taken care of over here until you come back over, coach. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of dis- that can, kind of can distract, you know, you game preparation, making sure everything is running smoothly. My name is Lauren Macon, and you are listening to Making a Difference with my handsome husband, Ken Macon. Do you need insurance for your car, home, life, or business? Then trust Jay Harvey, your all-state insurance agent in Evans, Georgia. He opened his agency in 2017 because he loves helping and working with people. As a husband and father, he understands the importance of helping families prepare for the unexpected. You can get a personalized insurance quote today by calling 706-434-8106. Jay's office is located at 3118-8 William Few Parkway in Evans, Georgia. Remember, you're in good hands with Jay Harvey, your neighborhood Allstate insurance agent. It's the West Coast Diva. Tell them, follow the leader. It's yo, yo. You're listening to Making the Difference with Ken Making. I do want to ask you, and of course, we'll be remiss if we didn't mention your career at Aiken High School. Uh, You were the starting quarterback. You did advance the team to the state semifinals. You were also an all-state player. Mm -hmm. 
and I do want to kind of circle back to when you first took the job. Can you compare just when you took the job in 2018 versus when you were a player and maybe some of the similarities and differences between those two periods of time? Back then, comparing to now, it's, it's no comparison. If I, if I should say that, it's no comparison due to, for one, when we played and came up, you know, it was more of we had a purpose of playing. And we, we you know, we loved the game. And it wasn't just one to, like, four of us that loved it. It was, like, one to, like, 40 of us that loved the game. You know, everybody didn't have the same talents, but everybody brought in – kids that was when I was back then we didn't just show up just to be showing up just so we can have something to do to get out the house or whatever coming up with my guys we was grinding our goal was to get out of Aiken County you know or try to take care of our family you know be professional athletes we had people that we we dreamed of that we wanted to be like and comparing it to now some like I said a lot of the kids they, they don't love and respect the game but you know but they out there just to be out there but then you got your few that do love it and that's trying to take care of their family. And, and you can see it in some of those kids. Talk about helping to close that gap, because as you alluded to, there are some student athletes who you know are locked in. You do have some who, for various reasons, don't have that same level of commitment. Talk about just the, the process of and, and I'll just say more. I'll say in terms of more of a fatherly role, because as we know, that's a part of coaching is. You know, particularly with football teams, we see in really in athletics in general, we see that where a coach can almost, you know, be like a second father or be a be a be a first father. In all honesty, yeah. talk about that, you know, picking oh, yes, off definitely. Of what, you, what you previously said. And so, for example, like I said, for example, man, it's it's definitely being when you're a coach, you're a father, too. Um, you're definitely not the biological father, but at the same time, you play that role for some of those kids. And the biggest thing is getting those kids to trust you. And I guess what helped too, me playing division one football and having other guys on my staff, three or, three or four other coaches on my staff playing division one football. It's like when we're saying something, it's not because we're saying it because we saw it. No, we're saying it because we experienced it and saw it. You're saying and saw it with other teammates that we played with. So when we're telling them, it's more like listening, locked in, can hear it. The ones who want, who wants it, the will and the want. Now, everybody's not going to be receptive of it when we talk because, like I said, everybody's not committed. Everybody's not locked in. Some kids, that's not their future to go play college football. But the ones who do, those are the ones who gravitate more to coaches and let, allow us to take them under their wing. So when we're talking to them, they're locked in. And then a the great thing is we're close enough around their age compared to when I played, the coaches was older than us, not, you know, extremely old, but just older than us. So sometimes when, you know, coaches are talking and they're not somewhere in that age range, kids now just, you know, one in out the other. But if, if we're talking and we're close enough to that age, they kind of receive it much better than if it was an older person telling them. So that did help for us uh, close enough around their age, done played it, experienced it, and saw it. So when the guys who do want, who do have that dream of playing college football, who's committed, who's locked in, it was easy to talk to them. It was easy to sit down, hey, man, come holler at me. You know, we need to talk. 
this is what you're doing right and this is what you're doing wrong or whatever. Or they can take criticism from us because I don't kids need to understand that life is not easy. They need to learn the rough side of life and be prepared for it. criticism, getting fussed at or things not going their way so they can be that's adversity. That's teaching them adversity so they can be tough. Like I said, I came from a coaching style that you mess up. Hey, and I'm explaining to you after three, two or three more times, you're getting fussed at. But it taught me how to respond for life. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, from a father figure, a lot of those kids and my dad and my uncles, they coach North Aiken Bears. So seeing my dad be father figure and my uncles and my dad friends, uh, Bodie Hicks be uh, father figures to those kids that who are older now. It was definitely a passion for me to do the same and, and be able to spread that love to the Aiken community. That's the reason why I came back. I had a college offer. I turned it down because I knew it was I wanted to come back and change it. Seeing Aiken High from a perspective of another school at Greenwood, when I was at Greenwood, I was like, man, it's a gap. I'm over here getting chill bumps, man, because you're, <laughs> you're basically you're talking about an, a north side coaching lineage that, as you mentioned, goes back to, you know, elementary school, man. And we got to say, you know, um, rest in power. And we love Bodie Hicks, man, just remembering him. And you didn't mention his name, but, of course, Coach Jay, man, uh, Kerry Johnson. Yes. Man, we – oh, my goodness, man. We, we talking about legends in the – not just on this side of town, man, but people who are respected statewide. I do want to ask um, some pointed questions because, again, you know, this is a conversation that, you know, it's being had, you know, sports forums, groups in the community, a whole nine yards. What's your response to people who say, well, who say, well, he simply didn't win enough games? Okay. My response is, well, first of all, Aiken High wasn't winning before I got here. Aiken High hadn't been to the playoffs since 2015 before I got here. I was on that staff, on the last staff, how went when we went to the playoffs, I was on that last staff in 2015. Most of the time, people, oh, he ain't winning enough, or this and this and that. A lot of those people, most of the time, and it's true, never played sports, or probably if they did play sports, they was just a part of the team. So they don't understand the ins and outs of what it takes to win games at the end of the day you can go anywhere but at the end of the day you still under, need to understand you still need players you still need offensive linemen d linemen quarterbacks receivers like you still need a i mean it, it plays a tide into everything i, I mean if, if, we're, we're, if you're struggling in certain areas that means that hey it's going to take a little more time you might have a group coming from a middle school in the next three years that might be the missing pieces that you need to start putting it on, putting your team and making them competitive. Um, but like I said, for us not winning enough games, if you look at what's happening with the program right now without winning as many games, compare it to previous coaches and not knocking nobody or whatever, I'm just saying, just as in compared to previous coaches as how many times we don't went to the playoffs, what round we went to the playoffs, how many colleges have came through the building, how many kids have signed off in the last four years. How, you know, you start comparing numbers like that, and then you'll see a difference of, okay, his winning compared to other winning, but 
it seems like the team is still more relevant. Like we're most we're the hottest hottest team right now in the CSRA with the kids we have or the guys that's getting a lot of the college exposure and attention. So how soon we how soon we forget you want a playoff game just I want to say last season if I'm not mistaken. Yes, we went four and six, and we haven't won four games since 2015. What's going on, everybody? It's Knife Wonder right here, man. And you're checking out Making a Difference with my man Ken Macon. Keep it locked. Peace. This is Donald Doe and Michael Doe with Family Financial Consultants. Do you need help with Medicare, with affordable mortgage and life insurance, building an estate for your child? We provide these types of services for you and much more. As independent insurance brokers, we take pride in coming into people's homes and not only saving them money, but changing their lives. Imagine only paying a few dollars for your medicine instead of hundreds, or cutting the cost of your insurance premiums. Our goal is to provide affordable policies tailored to your individual needs. Give us a call at 803-293-8915 or 706-503-3933. Family Financial Consultants, LLC, located at 412 Edgefield Road in North Augusta, South Carolina. Agents work for companies, but a broker works for you. Look, this is a, you've been very direct and very upfront, and I, I think the community will really appreciate that. I would be remiss if we didn't go back to the fundraising point. I'm looking at these facilities at various schools. I, I, ride, I ride past North Augusta High School all the time, and shout out North mm-hmm. Augusta, man. Uh brand new field i mean it's just it's top of the line you know we could talk about local sports but man once you get to places like columbia and you know you look at the investments that are being made you know in you know around irma around lexington around these areas how much of a deficit does it has did it create with you having to compete against those programs with so much more money and resources than aiken high well, it was definitely that's definitely a big gap, you know, with the uh, resources comparing them to Aiken County. Um, but the great thing is, coming when before I came back and when I when when I did come back, the first thing I was asking people in the community, I said, "Hey, what what was give me some insight on how do you feel about what's going on with why we're not?" And the first thing a lot of people were saying like. OP, I'm going to be real with you, man. I feel we feel spaced out. We we don't feel like Aiken High in the community is tied back in anymore. Like people are getting dressed to go do other things. And I was like, I got to find ways to get us back to where Aiken High is relevant and whatever. It's not, I'm not talking about the wins and losses. Cause when I took, when I sat down in the panel and did my interview, I told them, I said, Hey, look, this is not a three or four year job or whatever we're not going to win in three or four years and they, and they had a little kind of laughing and i was like hey why y'all laughing or whatever and they said man because a lot of coaches came in here and said oh we're gonna win in two years i promise you'll win in a year and this and that and i said no this is like a six to eight year project like this ain't three or four years now when i first came in you know i came in five weeks before the season started so we did we went on 10 then i didn't get no off season no spring winter summer nothing Turn around the next year and everything didn't get nothing again because they shut schools down and everything due to COVID. So we only played five games. So we went one in four. You know, we had COVID. Other teams had COVID and everything. So at the same time, when we finally got our first offseason, the full offseason, that's when we went four and six, made it to the second round, never did stuff like that in 
14 to 17 years and and then turn around this this year played a tough nine reach tough nine reach but at the same time a lot of those games helped us raise some money too because teams that they had the resources they had the funds to be like hey look man you come down here we'll give, give you the gate we'll split the gate with you oh we'll pay you to come here or whatever and being a a coach i'm like hey i know what i walked into so we need money money is important right now kids are asking hey coach can i can when can we get this and what about this and what about the apparel that we can wear and i knew it i said dude these kids need things they come in here working their butts off and this and that so in my mindset i'm like hey let's make sure we plan some tough teams to get them prepared going into their junior and senior year but at the same time team that has a resource who can give us a check to have to split the gate or, hey, man, we're going to give you a check up front to come play us or whatever, which was good exposure. And then as you play those teams, it's good because some of, a lot of those teams had some Division One players on it. So now you're getting your kids exposure when they these colleges sitting on the sideline coming to check this team out. But then they like, oh, man, who is this kid over here from Aiken? So that was another thing that helped us resource trying to play teams that had the resources and things that could cut us a check to play. Fun, fundraising wise, I mean, it, it, listen, walking into this thing, it was, woo, you know, it was, it was woo. So, but we was going in the right direction. Community was feeling back involved, having homecoming, um, tailgating or whatever. People coming back. I'm talking about people that graduated 30, 40, 50 years ago, coming back. You know what I mean? Yes. So. OP, I mean, let me interject, man, and say I love those okay. tailgates, man. That was a that's such a great idea. I'll be coming back from now on, man. That's such a it's, it's it's like a family reunion, man. Every year, yes. You know, sometimes you know your class reunion. You say, well, man, we'll wait ten years, or we'll wait twenty years. At Aiken, man, people coming to the yard every year, man. I mean, I it's a brilliant idea. It's an idea that truly is community oriented. And I mean, hey, we've lost so many people over these last few years, man. You know, it's one of the things where it's just you, you get you go out there, man, you're just glad to see people, man. That's that's the energy that I bring to yeah. it, man. And I I mean that from the heart. I do want to close out and, and ask you another question just based on just, you know, just people, man. What is it meant for you to have people to come out and say, hey, look, don't slander this man and what he's been able to accomplish. You know, he he's a great coach. He's a great father. He's a great man. What is it meant for people to, you know, share those type of words and to really speak on your behalf publicly? It means a lot. Now, I will say it means a lot for the ones who truly, truly mean it. You know, the ones who truly, truly mean it and came out and said some things on my behalf. It means a lot. You know, a lot of those guys and women know me that that's that's speaking on my name. No, I don't bother no one. I'm all about the kids. You know, I want to see kids do stuff that I done done, my friends done done when they played college ball and experience other parts of life and other parts of the world besides Aiken, South Carolina, you know. So it does mean a lot for the ones who truly, truly mean it because some people who are saying it are some people who did in without throughout the years and say, you know, made comments on the program and negative comments about the program, negative comments about my coaching staff and this and that. So at the end of the day, the ones who truly, truly mean it 
and was really supporting us and supporting Aiken High, supporting the kids, our program, and saw the vision and where we were going, I definitely, definitely from the bottom of my heart, I definitely appreciate them. And thank you so much for your support. And this is not the end. This is not the end. Like I said, I think, I think God basically woke me up and was saying, hey, you was getting too comfortable at home. So let me shake you up because this is not your final destination. That's a good word, man. We certainly going to miss you, man. Miss you. Well, now I don't want to say miss you because I, you know, you'll be around the community. I always tell people, man, once you, once you're part of Aiken, man, you know, you, you locked in forever, man. And that's how, you know, the, the people on the North side will treat you. And I'm really, like I said, my one regret was that I didn't get a chance to sit down with you while mm -hmm. you were the coach of Aiken high, but coach page, thank the world of you. We love you. and We appreciate you, man. All right. Thank you so much, man. And God bless. And listen. This episode of Making a Difference and every episode moving forward will honor the life and legacy of my dear brother, James Macon. James had a way of telling the truth that endeared him to family and made him respected by his friends and peers. That standard is now my gift and my burden of responsibility. Long live St. James. The revolution will not be televised. You see, a lot of times people see, 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 see battles and skirmishes on TV and they say, aha, the revolution is being televised. Nah, the results of the revolution are being televised. The first revolution is when you change your mind about how you look at things and see that there might be another way to look at it that you have not been shown. What you see later on is the results of that, but the revolution, that change that takes place will not be televised.